Hey everybody, welcome to Podcast Demastered. I'm your host, Ethan Meyer, and I'm joined, as always, by my two very good friends, Wade and Chelsea. And today we're having a little bit of a bonus episode. Um, You may have already heard Wade and Chelsea kind of talk about what they've been up to recently, some of the stuff they've been playing, and some uh, films and TV they've been watching. Um, Today we're going to, all three of us, kind of gather and just kind of talk about some of the uh the bigger like news items that have happened uh, in the last couple months since we've been doing the themed content we haven't really been you know tapping into the the workings of the uh of the interweb here so we're going to use today to kind of just bring some of that stuff to light and give our thoughts on it and kind of just talk about it as as fans of some of these things and just kind of like casual observers of the industry so um before we get into all that um if you guys haven't already please like and subscribe the uh podcast and uh check us out on social media on facebook and twitter and instagram at pod demastered and then you can also hit us up on uh our email at demasteredpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us any comments or questions and we can answer those on the show and yeah so let's just dive right in here um starting with probably the most recent thing on here this comes from uh jason schreier over at bloomberg he kind of talked about the uh the rumors and given a little bit of uh uh background on the the playstation like Game Pass like service that they have in the works. I think it's like codename Spartacus. Um, uh, did you guys see the uh, his article about that? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting, honestly. Like, but also like about time. Yeah. So I th- I, th- I think I think everyone knew that Sony had to be working on something, some sort of competitor because PlayStation Now, which was their sort of streaming half half stream half download of like some of their older games and mm-hmm. some of their classic offerings just wasn't really working wasn't kicking off and just didn't have the allure like game pass has um so i feel like this is you know a good time to kind of for them to like reassess their offering like playstation now or playstation plus uh that is i feel like it's been doing pretty well and not only just like you know having people be able to play online everyone pretty much anyone who has that console probably has plus i would say for the most part um but they also have been doing pretty well with just like their free offerings um i would say Mm -hmm. more often than not they have a pretty good um selection of free games Um, what i thought was interesting about their about this uh, article as they're talking about how it would be like a three-tier um, like buy-in so it wouldn't just be like a you know a, a one a one thing it would be I think they had it where it was like the bottom rung tier would just be uh, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation mm-hmm. Now and then a second tier would be um, those same things but also um, the what the backwards compatible stuff is that right and then the top tier would be all that plus like 
game demos or or I I think that the top the top one includes like every PlayStation console like including the PSP mm-hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. second one only had like just like the, I think like, it was like PS4 it was, it was just or PS3 PS4 games. and PS5 yeah. yeah yeah it's just PS4 and PS5 on PS now yeah. which mm-hmm. have either one of you guys used PS now no no nope it's so expensive (laughs) it's expensive and so correct me if i'm wrong here but isn't the ps4 ps5 games that are on there those are the ones that you can download right and then anything that's backwards compatible or ps3 backwards those are all the ones you stream or is it but i read though I thought it was anything, if you played on the PS4 or the PS5, you could download them or have the option to stream, but you have the option to do it on the PC, but the only way to play them on the PC is by streaming only. At least that's my understanding. There's not... I tried looking at their website, trying to get an understanding of, like, what is what. And yeah, because I know I know when I looked to get... I was going to do a trial of PS Now a while back, because mm-hmm. I wanted to play Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots, but it was, like, it was stream only. Hmm. and i you know i'm sure there's people out there that have you know unlimited internet and have fiber connections and yada 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 and that's great but uh out here in the country out here in the heartland of of, uh, of america <laughs> uh we don't have fancy internet and we have data caps out here so the idea of streaming these games is just not viable especially for the price point and you know they're sitting in their fancy corporate offices making these decisions but having most of your catalog be stream only is a fucking miss in my opinion so and i think that's one thing that game pass has over them where literally everything in that catalog downloads to your hard drive and i think if they're gonna if sony's gonna do a, a, a refresh of this offering i think they need to do the same thing and have everything be downloadable because i think that's part of the reason why people don't like ps now is they don't want to have to stream this because it's also Uh depending on the game you're streaming they it's not a one-to-one you know there's frame rate frame rate dips Mm -hmm. you know it's not a constant like it's not a good um like experience for the you know especially for like if you're trying to stream like shooters and stuff like that it just doesn't it doesn't work that yeah. that that well, you know. If you're pl- if you're yeah, streaming, you're always like, worrying about that. Yeah. If you're streaming like Spyro the Dragon, I'm sure it's fine. But if you're trying to play like a, a last gen like shooter or something, like that's just that stuff doesn't always work, or like depending on the game, you know. Yeah, you need that reliability, and that's yeah, that's a huge drawback. Yeah. Uh, the other big thing that I saw on here is that Jason Schreier put on there that he said that it's not. It's rumored to not have day one launches for uh, Sony exclusives, which I get it. Um, I think Sony thinks that they don't have to do that, and maybe they don't, but I also think that that's a miss because I think that's part of the reason what makes Game Pass an almost necessity to have if you're an Xbox owner is because Mm -hmm. you get all of their games day one. For sure, yeah. I mean, 
I, yeah, that is kind of a bummer, but it's, it's not a really big disappointment to me. I was something that I was expecting, you know, I'm very surprised, you know, I was, I'm surprised, you know, with Xbox, they offer that and everything. And, but for like PlayStation games and stuff, what really does interest me is being able to play some of those older games because I don't have some of those older systems anymore. And there's all those, there's those games where I always wish I could have played or I'd heard so much, like so much great, like praise for that game. And Plus, then I don't have to get an old system out to play it or use one of the controllers. And I don't like using the older controllers as much. And they're so much different between the controllers <laughs> and just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <At> least, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And sometimes I have the PS3 controller and the PS4. It's just... I don't know. Oh, it's different. The six-axis <laughs> controller is the worst. Yes. <laughs> it also weighs like four ounces. So I feel like I'm going to like throw it across the room when I'm like playing. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the idea of having the uh, their catalog from you know PlayStation One, Two, Three, the handhelds, um, if they do if they do make them downloadable, like that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if they'll do the same thing that the uh, Xbox team does with a lot of their backwards compatible compatible games and optimizing them. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, I know neither one of you guys are like big. Uh, I know uh, Chelsea hates uh, Microsoft. And Xbox. So. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I'm just not the biggest fan. <laughs> Literally, like Literally, vehemently yeah. against. Yeah, she's she's put, she's she's putting it on for the public, but as soon as this mic's off, she just shits all. Do over. not lie to everybody. Do not lie to our listeners. <laughs> just because I'm not super into something doesn't mean I hate it. <laughs> that's how doesn't I mean I won't well, give it a chance. Ethan, no. that's what it means. No. Yeah, that's exactly what that well, means. Well. Ethan, you can feel that way, but don't let our listeners think that. <laughs> well, uh, the reason I bring it up is because um, the backwards uh, backwards compatible team over at uh, Xbox they try and they try their best to optimize them. They do uh, mm-hmm. frame rate boost for a lot of their games, their older games, and they really don't have to do anything to any of them. You know, they just, they can just slap them on there and be like, "All right, cool, go play." But it's like, no, we we got these. We got this whole team just sitting here working on trying to take these older Xbox games, Xbox 360 games, and giving them, uh, you know, giving them this boost, giving them the frame rate boost, giving them a, a visual boost. I'm curious if Sony would do the same for some of their older games, because that, um, it's just like a nice kind of like cherry on top when you play some of these older games, is just to have them kind of feel, they feel fresh and they feel new if you go back and play uh like i'm i've this past year i've gone back and played like all of the uh old gears of war games and they just recently within like the last month or two went back and just put like a frame rate boost on all of them so they all run at 60 fps which is really nice for games like that um and you know and they're all on the on uh, game pass um, I think Sony, if they're going to do the have their catalog, not only make them downloadable, but I think if they went back and touched them up and gave them some, you know, some 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 new love, you know, just kind of freshen them up. I think that would also help get new people to buy into this service because just having because I mean all those games exist now on PS now right now to play like almost their entire like backlog of sony like playstation one two and three games at least a lot of the hits 
and that service is still like tanking so they it's i don't think just calling it something different and giving a tier system is going to make that much of a difference to get people who don't already have the service to buy in if that mm-hmm. makes sense you know what i mean like i personally yeah, it's gonna be interesting i personally way. won't i won't get it until it is more of a because as the if if you know if these rumors all pan out that's not a game pass competitor in my in my book you know that's not a, a must own service if i was a if i had a playstation console like it's just basically taking two things that they already have and just giving you one price point which that makes things easier for budgeting i guess but it's still the same middling offering in my in my book like if they really want to take on game pass um i think they need to be a little bit more daring and a little bit more bold (laughs) in what they do and like i said i think sony thinks that they don't have to and i think that's part of the reason why their services don't hold up and don't compete with uh xbox you know they have the they have the the studio recognition they get the awards they got the you know they got the games right now they got the figures to back it up you know the new console selling really well playstation 4 sold you know crazy amounts um i just don't have a whole lot of faith i guess in this new service to for sony to kind of push the boundary on it if that makes sense i think they're just going to rename a bunch of shit they already have put slap 15 dollars on it and just kind of see what happens well and then you know people don't get it and then they'll go oh crap what else do we need to do yeah mm-hmm. hopefully 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 i mean i would like to there's no reason why they can't just you know emulate what xbox does and just and have all the sony catalog in it you know, there's, I mean, it's, they say competition, but I don't think it's gonna, you know, it's not like it's gonna take people away who have Game Pass, be like, oh, I don't want Game Pass now, now I want Sony Pass, or whatever the fuck, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, in this current-gen situation, nobody's gonna be flip-flopping consoles. Yeah. Uh, because there isn't consoles to flip-flop to, so well, they're gonna have something right now, and then that's it that they're going to be stuck with that whatever service they're they can get well then if you if you look in the uh like tv how many streaming services does the average person have now you know how many people are paying for netflix and hulu and Mm -hmm. hbo max and Mm -hmm. amazon and you know paramount plus and apple whatever the shit like put a plus in front of any network and people are going to sign up for it you know what i mean so yeah i think if sony actually did this right people would be like yeah let you know add it to the add it to the monthly you know (laughs) the the (laughs) monthly budget you know but i just don't think like rearranging all the stuff they already have and and calling it something different is really going to turn that many heads you know so we'll see we shall see um, Indeed. Also, uh, speaking of services, Wade, do you do you do the uh, Switch service, the Switch Online or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. To uh, yeah, I, I I just I've been doing like just the annual plan, 
Um, and then they did the expansion thingy, and I did get that because those sons of bitches put Ocarina of Time in there. Um, and I can't, I can't say no to that. I, I mean, although I, when people are like complaining about like the price and everything else, um, I'm there too. Like those are completely valid things. And where the hell are all the games at and stuff like yeah. that? Like, like the games they have on there are great. Like they chose a, a really good amount of like or a really good selection of games, but there's a lot, lot more to go. So yeah, like, I've... give them to me. I think the thing that also a lot of the stuff that I've been hearing about the, at least the 64 offering in their service is that that they they have a good you know the titles are what they want but the emulation itself is like really bad. Oh, I mean, when it comes to Nintendo 64 emulation, um I don't I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> um there there isn't going to be some immaculate like Nintendo 64 emulation. Well, um, like that's just silly. <laughs> I think the I think the people were, and I I kind of tend to agree. Is like all the ports that they did for some of these same games, 64 games for the they did 3DS ports for Ocarina, and uh, uh, a couple others. Ocarina is like the big one that I've seen people complain well, about. Well, it's not just a port though, because they also spruced it up specifically for the 3DS. Yeah, they, they um, make it like so. But even if they, if they took that same port and put that on there without the 3D dial, you know, the 3D aspect or whatever, mm-hmm. that runs better on a 3DS than their emulation of the game runs on the Switch. <laughs> so it's like. Well, yeah, because it's a newer game. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't yeah. understand. They should have just. I think Nintendo is kind of like Sony, where they feel like they don't really have to put in a whole lot of effort with this stuff because they just have name recognition. And it's I think yeah, a lot of people are kind of getting tired of the half-ass, maybe the half-ass uh, work they put into these things. Yeah, I mean, I I totally get that, but um, the thing that. The thing that Microsoft doesn't have to deal with when it comes to, like, the backwards compatibility and, like, sprucing their games up is that their stuff isn't as old. Some of the, you know, their old stuff is not as old as Nintendo and Sony stuff, um, which are completely different. Mm -hmm. Not even engines, but just flat-out structure to video game. Um, So you can't just go in there and, like, press the HD up button and, you know, it doesn't like it's it was it's analog technology it's it's a whole other different thing um, right but I'll, right but i think the if you actually i think my thing is and a, a lot of people who are bitching about this is if nintendo's going to offer it then put the work behind it to make it worth offering especially if you're going to charge that stupid price for it <laughs> yeah and i'll agree to that one yeah absolutely like if these were free sure if they run like shit, whatever, they gave it to me for free. But they're not free, and then they don't even run well or right. And it's just like, okay. I mean, they, like, they run just as well as the Nintendo 64 versions do. No, there's like breakdowns where they don't even look the same as the 64 versions. Oh, well, I haven't come across any of that yet. Yeah, like there's like frame rate dipping. They tried getting rid- they got rid of the fog in Ocarina, so now you can see like... 
the fog's there for older games for draw distance purposes but like apparently it's gone in the emulation version so now you can see how like terribly that game looks <laughs> and oh. it's like it's like stupid shit so yeah yeah nintendo speaking of nintendo <laughs> let's positive <laughs> positive stuff um <laughs> miyamoto loved uh odyssey and he wants more mario games in that direction wade you're the resident nintendo fanboy here <laughs> um do you I love want... how he doesn't get as much hate as I do for not being the Xbox <laughs> fan. <laughs> we'll get to you. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. <laughs> that was that was spiteful. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> See, audience, you guys can hear the ire in Chelsea. That's all that X- Xbox hate is fueling up. <laughs> yeah. If you guys can only see her. <laughs> Ethan lies. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Nintendo. (laughs) Nintendo. (laughs) Um, As far as as far as as far as uh, like Odyssey goes, um, I thought Odyssey was great. Um, I mean, like, really, I don't think I could come up with any complaint about it. Um, It was amazing when it came out. They did lots of stuff to support the game afterwards. Um, like you got to change Mario's dang clothes. You've never got to do that before. Yeah, and that was like one of the best aspects of the game. It's just running around in goofy costumes, <laughs> doing these mm-hmm. levels. Also, um, that game was like yeah. the definition of polish. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, was, it was excellent. The controls yeah. were amazing, and yeah, everything that else. Game, that game went ran flawlessly. There was like very little bugs, very little like any technical issue, like. Yeah, that was a masterpiece of a <laughs> of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was talking about the next 3D Mario leaning into that Odyssey format, where you know, b- much bigger. Like some of the levels in Odyssey are pretty expansive for exploring and finding collectibles and this, that, and the other. Um, Wade, would you like? So when you say, I guess, or when he, when Miyamoto says continuing that direction do you think that just means like bigger worlds do you think it means open world um what would you want to see out of another uh mainline 3d mario um i think an open world mario would be um interesting to say the least um i wouldn't say no to it because i have no idea how they would like what they do with it but whatever they chose to do whether they want to go open world or keep doing your little mini worlds as mario usually does i think either would be fine um because you know mario is pretty middle of the road um it's never going to be awful and it's never going to like destroy expectations um it's pretty it's a pretty set anchor in the video game world so like unless they're actively trying to ruin it (laughs) which would be um quite a spectacle to behold yeah i almost um, want to see them actively try and make a bad mario game i mean yeah that, like, could, could, like could could they even could they even succeed you know it would still make like a stupid amount of money even if it was awful yeah it absolutely would i agree 
<laughs> What's well, like that's just you know it's just so big now. Like there's no way that Mario is ever going to stop being Mario. Yeah. So whatever they chose to do with it, um, like the main Mario games, like okay, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'll probably yeah. buy it. <laughs> yeah, Mario is like a foundation and and so many things. Like even if you don't even play video games, like you know who Mario is. So mm-hmm. definitely uh, too big to fail, I guess. <laughs> Agreed. Um, one of the interesting, couple of other interesting notes from that earnings call is they, uh, I can't remember the exact figure, but it was like five or six hundred million dollars of them investing into like non-video game space. So like, uh, you know, television and film and, and whatnot. Um, Their uh, theme park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that being said, what uh, Nintendo IP would you guys want to see? Uh, kind of make that leap into like film or television or or you know something like what would you guys go to for that oh my god um oh my god i feel like i should be prepared for this question uh if they could find a way to make a kirby movie without it being absolutely terrifying i'd be in for that could they do like the detective pikachu like live action for kirby oh my god for kirby. I, i'm ter- I, it, i'm terrified of a live action kirby <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely, like no, no horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah, like, like flat out like horror movie. Um, <laughs> but you know, like um, you know, like I know that they're making another live action Pokemon movie. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember if it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like Detective Pikachu two, um, or if they're just moving on to like a different thing. Um, but they, the, the first, like, with their first, like, soiree into live-action Pokemon was, like, really good. Yeah, that was um, a surprisingly good film. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, and that's one of those, it's like Kirby, it's like, it can be really good, or it can be absolutely terrifying if, like, <laughs> things just aren't gotten under control. <laughs> like, Sonic... <laughs> yeah which also like i mean that's not that's not a terrible film i know i mean like the way that sonic was supposed to look oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what i mean in terms of like (laughs) oh yeah yeah. what the pokemon could have looked like Mm -hmm. yeah but luckily they had they like brought in some like actual like pokemon designers from uh game freak to to work on to work on the production of the movie uh, yeah. To make sure that not only were the Pokemon looking the way they needed to look to, without scaring small children and 31-year-old adults. Um, <laughs> also that they were behaving appropriately within, like, a world that had Pokemon in it. Yeah. Um, which is, like, cool. Like, good. That's how you should do that. <laughs> Having thinking... Pokemon act out of character and all that, that would be awful. <laughs> I was thinking that it would be cool to have like a uh, like a series for like uh, for Metroid, like a live mm-hmm. action Metroid series. Um, I mean, yeah, you could. It, but the thing about Metroid is that Metroid doesn't really have a lot of story. I know that's what'd be like. It would almost you'd have almost uh, like there's story there, and then you can use the series to kind of like f- have like free range. You know, fill in I mean, the gaps make, you could, you know but I mean, like. The thing with the story is that like, there's no characters, in Metroid. I mean, you have Samus, Samus and then you have the aliens. Yeah, you that have uh, Samus fights, and that's like that's it. Yeah, you know. That's all. 
they tell you at the beginning of a game, oh, like, this is this is the objective of the game, and yeah, there that's you go, th- that's the objective that's of the game. That's why I think it's more of like a, uh, the world building is already done for you, now, fi- like, now flesh it out with characters in a story. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a blank slate for a creator to come in there and, like, have fun with it. All the hard stuff. Uh, I mean, I suppose so. <laughs> I suppose. So. I mean, well, not even because there's not like a, like there's not like a civilization. There's not like cities. There's not. Yeah, I don't want that. Like, I want it like on a like a like almost like Alien, like the film. But you're just on like some abandoned like, uh, frigate in space. And I mean, yeah, that trying. would be, that would be about it. I think. Like almost like a almost like a horror series. <laughs> well if you're gonna make it if you're gonna make a metroid thing it better be something like that yeah yeah that's just wasteful (laughs) that's just wasteful or it would be cool to have a uh a uh oh god i just uh uh the captain falcon series um the racing oh my gosh no thank you (laughs) what is that what is it called i just lost it um oh. well whatever you guys will know what it is the listeners out there you can you can let me know i went i would i would like that into a series just like a racing series i have a weird series for you <laughs> oh yeah what make um you know those very funky wario wear games i mean like a wario style <laughs> like uh, animated shorts oh my god you know like mickey mouse has these like really quirky like shorts nowadays have some of those weird little those games are so bizarre. They're so, so fun, though. Weird things. Yes, I know they are. <laughs> <laughs> they should have. Uh, I they think that would have, work uh, cool. They should have Wario do like, uh, like the Olaf presents on Disney Plus. But they should just have Wario just present all the different like Nintendo stories from like all Ooh. the different games. And it's just Wario like describing them. I would, I would watch that. that. Like, a little three minutes of mm-hmm. Wario sitting there trying to describe, like, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. Or just getting into some type of antics. Just, you know, those little snippets. Yeah, honestly, a show of just Wario and Waluigi. Like, some sort of, like, sitcom. Like, not live action, because that would be horrifying. <laughs> no, animated. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Go animated. Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be Danny De- Danny mm-hmm. DeVito as Wario, and who's some tall, gangly guy? Chris Pratt. Okay. <laughs> he wishes he'll make it work. Aw. It'd be like Benedict Cumberbatch and Danny DeVito. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There you go, Internet. You're welcome. Um, the only other thing I saw in the in the Nintendo like report was that they said that there are no plans for any sort of uh, uh, another like switch revision or or upgrade for quite some time and that they consider the switch is just now reaching the middle of its lifespan that's fine with me yeah I one less would... system I have to try to track down and buy and really it works for them too because of all the, <laughs> the shortages and stuff. Yeah, they, that, there was another there was another thing in the earnings call where they basically had to change um, their forecastings, like their fiscal forecasting for this because of the shortages. But I mean, they're yeah, they're fine. 
<laughs> those things are still selling like hotcakes, even the even the base model. So, um, so yeah, that was basically it for all the Nintendo stuff for the most part. Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of Phil Spencer doing interviews about stuff the last couple months. Um, there was the yeah, one he's, little he's note. been out there getting his big brain on. Yeah. Showing, showing people what he knows that he's not yeah. just some some dumb video game CEO that he's yeah. people and he can do things. <laughs> Kudos to him, man. Pretty much. He reads books. <laughs> <laughs> I sir know what a book is. Yeah. Um one little interesting tidbit is he without completely saying it in layman's terms basically said that uh Elder Scrolls would be Xbox exclusive. Um, I, I still am not fully convinced that they'll do that, but what do you, what do you guys think? Um, I'm kind of there too. I don't, I could see it maybe being a timed exclusive, um, but with such a, Mm -hmm. such a huge, huge, huge thing like Elder Scrolls, um, especially coming in after Skyrim, um, I, I think that, I think that to make a game like that, um console exclusive would really be more like hurtful i suppose to the industry um it's i don't know like my my i can't think of the the real words i want to use here um but because like this isn't really a situation that i don't think that's really ever happened before um in terms of like this you know this here's the company they have this huge game um, and then they get bought out by like an exclusive party. Um, now, what do you have to do with with the game? Um, I just it's just it's just crazy. I'm it's really hard to say like what's going to happen next with that. Yeah, what, what do you think, Chelsea? Before I dive in here, I don't know. I I mean, anything is really possible. Yeah, I could see the timed exclusive makes sense, but it really could go all the way and be an exclusive and they could really try to change things up but i mean it doesn't really affect me either way <laughs> that's yeah that's well i mean by the time elder scroll 6 comes out you may have a new console by then because <laughs> that game's got to be a few years off yeah so i mean if we're getting think- starfield next year yeah, um, you're minimum talking- minimum two years after that yeah at sure. generous minimum yeah, and even with, yeah, I would say, I, <laughs> yeah, I would say that game's going to be closer to four years out from now, if I had to guess. That's going to be my midlife crisis game. <laughs> Good God. At this rate, I'm going to be 35 years old when that game comes out. Yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. But, like, okay, so... I think timed exclusive is probably there makes the most sense and would be the best bet for Xbox and for the industry. Same with like Deathloop. Um, Deathloop comes to Xbox in the spring, so anybody who owns an Xbox mm. can play Deathloop, right? I think that would be the same. I think that's the best way to handle Elder Scrolls Six. I think launch it in the fall, and then that some that following summer, open it up for, you know, Sony. 
you know that way you get your early adopters they have to buy it on their on xbox it'll be a game pass game so people who already own an xbox will already be playing it you know and then sony diehards can just wait six months i think that's best for everyone um i think if they go full at it and keep it to themselves i think it's counterintuitive to how phil spencer kind of describes what he wants from the industry where it doesn't really matter where you play as long as you're playing i think that kind of goes against his his ideology to keep something like that that was so widespread across uh platforms to himself Mm -hmm. um and i think i think that would kind of put a lot of uh a lot of a lot of you know ilk on the xbox name and it's been spending the last couple years or more than that i guess basically ever since the last generation started trying to rebuild that trust with the community you know to get it where it is now to do something like that i think would kind of degrade their image a little bit yeah they might agreed Mm -hmm. and this is coming from you know an xbox homer like i've loved their their systems and stuff since the beginning um but i just don't think it's necessary for them to make it exclusive to that to that ecosystem you know even though i guess early elder scrolls were basically pc exclusives and then i think oblivion was a 360 and pc exclusive isn't that right i don't think oblivion ever did it did oblivion come to sony later i think so yeah because i had it on the ps3 okay so like early like early early elder scrolls stuff you know i guess there is precedent for it to be at least a pc space but I don't know, we're so far past all that. I think just everyone's used to it being multi. Just keep it multi and then just have Bethesda new IP like Starfield. You know, keep that under your umbrella or whatever. But right. I wouldn't I wouldn't take Elder Scrolls away from people permanently. Timed exclusives, they suck, but you know you know, it is what it is it's at temporary. that point. Yeah, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. temporary. So it's whatever. Yeah. And there's so much there's so much stuff to play right now, so it's it's really not that. If you gotta wait six months to play Elder Scrolls, I'm sure there's gonna be thirty other games that came out before it that you can just fill that time with. Like there's so much <laughs> content out nowadays, it's hard. How can you even how can you even keep up trying to play everything that comes out? So um, another little nugget that came out from uh, Xbox was that their backwards compatible team that I was talking about earlier said that they've reached the end of what they can do uh, like and basically like they can't make any more games backwards compatible they've kind of reached the end of the the line here um citing reasons like uh license is kind of a big one a lot of like games that have licensed music they can't really you know they can't bring those forward because those contracts have expired and it's just like a huge legal nightmare to try and hunt all that stuff down Mm-hmm. Um, some games just have source code that is no longer in existence either developers or publishers don't have it anymore or lost it or it's corrupted or you, got, you know all kinds of different stuff um, 
So it kind of he kind of went on a uh, uh, basically like a TED talk essentially, talking about game preservation um, and how the industry doesn't really have a body in place for it. Um, right. You know, you think of you think of film, and you have the Criterion Collection who has spent years restoring older films and kind mm-hmm. of is just like an archive to basically keep film history intact. Um, and gaming doesn't have that. It's kind of up to, uh, it's like a up to individual studios or publishers or even just like game owners that have physical copies of shit to just be like, yeah, I got to make sure this uh, copy of, uh, you know, whatever Atari game stays working so this game still is, exists. You know what I mean? So um, kind of open it up to you guys. Do you think that developers and publishers need to spend more time in preserving their like their history and their legacies and their and their backlogs for just historical purposes, not necessarily to like repackage and sell, but just in terms of like this is a thing we made, we want to make sure that it stays playable for future you know generations i mean i think so um you know you spent all the time and resources uh creating it um and then people spent so much time with those games i mean it should they should absolutely be worth uh holding on to in some regard you know cuz i also it's also going to get Digi- like digital, uh, the digital marketplace, digital ownership, all that stuff is all well and good for present time convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that stuff, like uh, you don't really technically, as a consumer, don't really technically own what you buy digitally. It's more of just like you lease it from them and they kind of have the right to kind of take it back or shut mm-hmm. it down. Or, or alter it or do whatever and not every uh, developer or publisher is so courteous with their uh, with their stuff that you know 20 years from now they'll be like yeah let's just go ahead and take this take this back we, you know, or take this uh, you know do this or do that um, does that like like <laughs> how do you I just I think it's what Phil was basically talking about is he is trying to basically start the conversation that this industry needs to figure out a way to preserve itself because and that's part of the reason why Game Pass is a another great thing is because he Phil Spencer basically talked about how he wants to use that sort of emulation tech to preserve Xbox legacy. Um, now granted that's just one slice in gaming's history. But someone needs to kind of get the ball rolling for other people to be like, hey, we need to do something about this. Because this stuff's already kind of happening. Like the Mass Effect Legendary Collection that came out, there was DLC that wasn't included because that source code's gone. Mm-hmm. So that's just mm-hmm. entire, like, you know, you can go back to the, try and go back to the original game if you bought the DLC or have a physical or whatever and try and dig it up. Um, I read some stuff that modders are actually like working on restoring it or have restored it or tried to or something like that. So 
it's 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 like a it's a messy it's a messy thing to try and think about and i just it kind of blows my mind that not more um publishers seem to take it seriously in the gaming space as they do in a and like a film and music and stuff like that um yeah it's a yeah it's it's a very very interesting topic and it's definitely there's a lot of parts to it i think you know maybe to start with it there needs to either be some type of like video game preservation standard or something or some type of group i don't think you could always preserve every single game and make it playable for the future and everything i think there's more of the at least the knowledge that the game existed or something from that game because I think there's a lot of games where it's almost they're playable in that moment, like MMOs and stuff. You know, some of those we wish they could be around forever, but sometimes things just end and it's more of just like you have to play it at that time. And if you miss out, unfortunately, you missed out. And yeah, speaking of MMOs, it's uh, it's always fascinated me that when an MMO shuts down their servers, that there'll be these groups that open up shadow servers Mm-hmm. Just to keep that, like City of Heroes, uh, I think that was like an early, like early to mid, like aughts MMO where it was just, where you know, you just, it's like City of Heroes and then City of Villains was like an expansion or a sequel. And both of those got pulled. Server shut down, studio moved on or whatever. And yeah, and then there's just like uh, modders and just created like these little private shadow servers just to like keep that game intact. You know, and that happens a lot with MMOs that these, these like these side groups try and figure out a way to, to keep at least a few servers online mm-hmm. just to keep the just to preserve that game. Because yeah, if they all if it closes, then that's that's gone. You know, like <laughs> there is yeah. no playing that. Well, and I think of one that really is. Uh... A really big one and how there's not much of it left is Disney. Disney, their whole video game section, like they had, you know, an MMO in a sense. Like actually they had multiple and those were all shut down. And there's, yeah, some of those where people have tried to revive them on their own little servers and stuff, but it's also Disney. So it's hard to yeah. keep them like that going. And then they also had things such as Disney Infinity with their toys and everything where they had that online space where of collaboration and everything but once they shut down those servers you weren't able to have those elements and those are just completely gone now, now you're just stuck with all those toys yeah but they're awesome <laughs> <laughs> that, was like, that, was like a, that was definitely a, a, a gaming industry flavor there for a while remember that was like what was it like uh oh yes disney infinity and then there was like skylanders and then there was lego worlds i think where you buy these like physical oh yeah <laughs> you buy these physical things to and then you use them to play in the game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the, the nintendo amiibos yes that's mm-hmm. right do they still do they still do amiibos you would know yeah Wade. yeah i never sure do. i never bought it yeah i currently have the entire set of uh super smash brothers damn yep, so what, <laughs> yep. or something uh you can go a little higher than that <laughs> <laughs> just God. a little bit <laughs> i have almost all the disney infinity characters do you really yeah i, I got probably... into that way too late and it was and i did buy like the 2.0 mm-hmm. um and i 
tried to get some because my nephew was really little like really little when they came out um and he was just kind of getting used to playing video games so that was something he could do and run around in like with characters that he knew so uh, i think it was like the avengers set specifically came out um Mm. like the very first one so i bought him that and uh and then like just i think it might have just been extra avengers on top of that uh, but then that, like, right after that was when they were like, hey, like, we're shutting it down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah. good thing I hadn't gotten too far into that endeavor. Because <laughs> I was already, I was, I was already too, too far past the uh, point of no return for the Amiibos. So, <laughs> yeah. so I was glad, I was glad Destiny called it quits when they did, because I was too much longer and <laughs> I'd be in that same boat. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, but that's definitely one of those things that, yeah, there's nothing left, nothing to preserve, nothing to really show for. I mean, you can play technically like Disney Infinity, you can still play it, but it's not everything that the game was before. It's also hard, too, if you have some of these, like, uh, smaller titles and uh, indie titles that don't have physical releases, they just have digital releases. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um that's not a a good way to preserve if it's just you know if there is no physical copy and let's say that company goes under and that thing gets pulled from a storefront um that you know there you go that's uh that's it wiped away that's erased um i know it's not really a game but what was that uh what was that like weird like uh uh pt or was it pt there was like a ps4 demo that kojima was gonna do it was like supposed to be like a little tease thing that kojima was doing to make whatever and that's like that was pulled yeah wasn't re- wasn't you know if you have if you got it downloaded mm-hmm. on your console that's great you can never take it off because as soon as you do it's gone <laughs> so so yeah stuff like that like i don't i haven't bought a piece of physical media in this entire last generation because i just didn't want to like clutter up my space right but then when i think about it in terms of uh lasting impact like it kind of uh is a sobering to think that any of that stuff can just like go away and it would you know i just wouldn't have any that that copy or that mm-hmm. th- that tangible good anymore you know so yeah definitely something that the uh, gaming industry needs to take uh, more seriously i think they've been playing pretty fast and loose with uh <laughs> with their history and they and not every uh publisher or whatever is you know is always forward thinking which is great but then you leave everything behind and that's and from a historical context that's not a great way to go about it so yeah, it's more of just catch it if you can, otherwise, too bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gaming industry lives by the FOMO code, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, moving on to the next thing here that I saw that was pretty interesting. Um, Amy Henning, um, if you guys know her, she is, uh, she was the creative director or like the main writer or whatever for like the early uncharted games mm-hmm. like the first three did you do uncharted four i believe i think she might have started at the very beginning but then left before yeah. it was anyway she finished. she was the she was kind of the uh 
the lead for the Uncharted series. Um, she, interesting enough, she has like more of a, she had a film background, and then she kind of got into gaming, and you can <laughs> definitely tell that she has a film background because her games are very, uh, I hate the word, but they're very filmic. You know what I mean? They're very cinematic. cinematic yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, she has, she's working with Skydance, um, in their new gaming division, and now she is said to be working on a Marvel game. Um, knowing her background, what Marvel character do you think would be fitting for her uh, skill set? Or what would you guys want her to make? You know, she likes these. She likes action adventure. She kind of likes these pulpy, like Indiana Jones kind of stuff. Uh, she was doing that. Uh, it was like supposed to be like a smuggler, uh, like a group of like ragtag smugglers for like a Star Wars game, but that got canceled. Um, and EA, so now she's you know doing a Marvel property. So it's not announced what it is. It is uh, an original story, so that's kind of the only tidbits that they kind of throw out there but i don't know what do you guys what do you guys think what would you like to see amy henning do in the in the marvel universe i think there's a couple a couple possibilities a couple ideas i have for that that she could potentially do i think she also does more of that in a way kind of grounded really kind of like almost witty characters with a little bit of you know little extra elements in there honestly one that came to mind is kind of like the comic uh book version of hawkeye actually yeah i can see that Mm-hmm. I can see, yeah so i was thinking of that one i'm like you know it could actually be a fun game to play i'm not the biggest hawkeye fan but i would be very curious to see her do a game about hawkeye i think hawkeye then... could be cool <laughs> <laughs> that's why he just laughs, laughs it depends. If we're talking comic book hot guy, um, no. <laughs> yeah, because that's, yeah, that's the thing with these, seemingly with all these Marvel games, uh, Marvel's kind of just throwing their IP out to like any studio that's paying for it at this point. Um, but they're not the MCU iterations of these characters. They are the comic, or at least, you know, they're not inspired by the mm-hmm. MCU versions they're not likeness they're not supposed to be like in likeness of them or follow the mcu storylines or anything else so with that being said whatever this marvel game is is seemingly going to be more from a comic book uh standpoint artistically more so than picking out you know having jeremy renner as <laughs> you know what I mean? so. yeah well you know if not hawkeye here's another one i can throw out there something along the lines with dealing like some of the defenders like a jessica jones-esque or even daredevil daredevil See would that, be an you know? interesting interesting game i've said this for a long time that a daredevil <laughs> game would be really cool if they did the whole game where it was just his like uh like blind like sonar vision like don't do it like where other games were you know like the arkham games had like detective vision where everything's like at like you know like x-ray or whatever and you can see collectibles and see through walls and da 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 but then you just have the normal game space uh, mm. i would like a daredevil game where it's just like the whole game is that and the game world is like his 
how he would perceive it mm-hmm. you know that would be very interesting from just an artistic standpoint to design a world like that i think that'd be pretty cool yeah i mean think so, of all the money you'd save on uh on graphics yeah like you'd have to <laughs> rethink how you would how you would uh design like everything like all the cutscenes would be in this as well like i think it would be like a very interesting <laughs> very <laughs> interesting sound design too yeah exactly i think it'd be really cool it'll never happen well, i think that's really i think too... with uh cutscenes you could have like just regular cutscenes. no i want everything from his point of view that'd be awesome you want like, like a first a fir- person make, game yeah make it first person first person daredevil <laughs> it'd be like uh like mirror's edge it'd be like black can always trade perspectives with the different people he interacts with too but you know his would solely be that or if it was a uh like if you had like uh like a cohort with them like you know on the uh in the spider-man game you played like some sections as like uh, mary jane mm-hmm. so like in the daredevil game let's say you play a section as someone else and then like the whole game the whole game world is like fully like realized in like how you know in normal capacity but then when you switch mm-hmm. back to daredevil then it's back to like blind sonar whatever vision <laughs> yeah you essentially like to be make, very interesting you have to make two game worlds on top of one another. that would be that would be tough that'd be crazy it'd be wild yeah doesn't mean it's not impossible but they can, yeah yeah they could do it yeah those are some of my guesses out there oh i do have one more too just because it's kind of you know but it's more of a <laughs> You laughing at me? <laughs> Collection of characters. You could do something with the Runaways. Oh, no, I love that. <laughs> okay. Yes. That get, that one gets my vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could do a Runaways video game. Yeah. I don't know enough. I don't have enough background with the Runaways besides what small bits I saw from the hulu show um, just go watch all of the hulu show no i, I saw enough just no read the comics. it's really good go read don't go read it or go watch it i don't care they're both good yeah i'll I, eventually maybe finish the show i, I, I saw enough of that sh- I, I saw enough of that show to realize i i didn't want to spend how much did you see time with it how much did you see first episode oh my god three, uh, get I over think. yourself <laughs> No, you yeah, need to go dude. watch more of it. It's really good. The comic's better. Probably. Yeah. But the show is really good, <laughs> though. I promise. I've seen all, what, three seasons? I think that is. Mm-hmm. It's legit. Like, it's really, really good. Yeah, I guess I do need to finish it so I can see that crossover episode with Cloak and Dagger. The only one that'll matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it, one, it is a good episode. But again, like, it's really, I, I really like okay. the show a lot. I waited very patiently for all of it mm. to come out. Yeah. <laughs> Lame. Lame. Ethan. But it could be fun to venture out into the video games and have, you know, some of those characters, you know, they're kind of witty, snarky, angsty. <laughs> yes. I mean, they are teenagers. Of... Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, all right, so Amy Henning action adventure all of her games are always these like world span uh, like globe trotting adventures right um mm-hmm. well-written characters amazing like set pieces 
um, very very bombastic, very Spielberg esque, right? Um, I'm trying to think of a character who would like honestly, if the game wasn't already in development, I think it'd be cool if she did Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But that's already you know Insomniac's already already doing that. Um, I also think it might be pretty cool if they did a Black Panther game. I'm surprised we haven't actually gotten a Black Panther game yet. I think the the idea that like that that is a uh, an entity that is kind of uh, kind of spans the globe and some of the stuff that he gets into, and just the combat style and would translate well to gameplay with Black Panther. Um, so I think that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's rumors that it's Fantastic Four, but I just don't see that being... Because mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, like anytime I think of Fantastic Four as a video game, I can just see it as one... It's sort of like a Marvel's Avengers, where it's just like, you get the... It's four-player co-op, and you get to pick which... Uh, you know, family member or whatever you want to be, and it's just, uh, you know, just kind of generic. I just, I don't know. I'm sure something can be done with that, but I just, I feel like uh, the game industry space would just see that, like, oh, four characters. Oh, obviously, we know what to do with this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> games as a service. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes. Um. So that just doesn't interest me. If that was a thing. Um. I don't know. Um, I think it's good that she's back making games again because she is very... Uh, her her games are very well polished, very well written, um, very well directed. So it's going to be interesting whatever, whatever she chooses to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it's Marvel is sort of less interesting to me, but I'd rather her do a Star Wars game, but it's fine. I'm sure that something cool will come out of it um all right so the last thing here was uh on in seven day um bioware put out a little poster a little teaser poster kind of thing with some like some art and uh it had a ship definitely didn't look like the normandy it was just a kind of a nondescript ship and then it had a couple characters if you zoomed in you could sort of tell that one was a krogan um, and then the broader design of the poster was sort of looked like a canyon that was definitely shaped like a geth. And this is all this is all teasing the next uh, Mass Effect game, right? Um, so Bioware still hasn't launched Dragon Age Four, and that was announced I want to say like thirty years ago at this point. <laughs> <laughs> And they keep having studio turnover. Um, the creative director for Dragon Age 4 just left. Um, that game still hasn't shown anything of note besides some uh, you know, concept art, a couple cinematic things here and there. No real gameplay, no anything. Um, they've done some dev diaries. Anyways, so that game's God knows how when that's going to come out and then you have mass effect um 
first thing I want to ask you guys is do you think Bioware announced Mass Effect too early? And second part of that is do you think that they announced it just because they wanted to kind of make amends from Andromeda? I think they just want to get the hype in as early as they can, you know, just let everybody know that, you know, they're still thinking about Mass Effect and they're, they have something else planned. But yeah, the game could take years to get here, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on two minds with early announcements because it's like, oh, cool, you're making this. Oh, it's five years out. Okay, why'd you tell me now? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just that like, part sucks. Yeah. <laughs> especially when you have another game that you've already announced and that's still in development that still hasn't been released and then you're teasing me about other shit that's going to come out way later. Like, just launch the game you're working on and then start your marketing for Mass Effect. Hmm. Like, I think it was a little premature Um because I think everyone kind of just knew like that's really all Bioware has is Dragon Age and Mass Effect so I don't think anyone thought it was dead I think Mass Effect dies when Bioware does and hell that may happen after Dragon Age 4 so <laughs> who knows <laughs> don't joke so because that studio has In Mass Effect uh, you know fallen from their mountaintop since basically Mass Effect 3 so um, on a lighter side, with a new Mass Effect game, do you want it to be post Shepard storyline? Do you want it to be an elsewhere story like Andromeda was? Do you want it to be a prequel to Shepard? Um, Chelsea, I guess this is more for you because Wade, you still are early on. In the, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. And <laughs> the Shepard verse. Yeah. So, Chelsea, well, what do you think? I want it to kind of, I, I mean, I think kind of from like the teasers we've gotten everything, I think it seems or at least hopefully likely it takes place like well after the trilogy. And I would honestly like them to actually add some of the Andromeda stuff in there. I would be curious that they have a creative way to tie things in or, you know, either to help, um, it kind of be like, you know, we're redeeming ourselves for certain aspects of that game, or we'd like to say that these plot elements were actually way more relevant in combining some of those things in Andromeda. Yeah. Maybe they have a throwaway line in it where it's just like someone asks about that mission and someone's like, yeah, didn't that crash? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Sure. Maybe I'd look fine, at that. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> <sighs> no. <laughs> I'd like a little more. There's definitely some things that were left on this, you know, unsolved and Yeah, I never I never finished it. Um but from what I understand, it definitely seems like they had higher aspirations for that as in terms of not just that game but possibly like a sequel maybe a trilogy because it definitely was mm -hmm. left um they even i mean they didn't even do dlc for it like all that was pulled so yeah. yeah 
So yeah, I I I kind of would like a prequel Mass Effect game that took that takes place during the Tyrian Wars. I know they're not doing it, but I think that would be really cool to because that's always alluded to in the games about how like when we first met the Turians, when humans, when humanity met the Turians, it was like mm-hmm. this huge bloody war. And now we're just like, you know, all kosher, kumbaya. I think it'd be super cool to kind of see that flesh out. Um, I know they're not doing it, which is fine. Um, my biggest concern with Mass Effect 4 is if it's post-Shepard, then the studio is going to have to pick a canonical like thread to follow. Mm-hmm. And that's all. That's just going to kind of, um, you know, you're gonna make one fan. You're gonna make one fan group happy, and then the, you know, the other two thirds <laughs> will not be because it won't be their <laughs> shepherd verse the way they play. You know, they had it or whatever. Um, I feel like that's kind of be that's gonna be a writing disaster for them to try and figure out to try and um, to make that work. Unless it's so far past Mass Effect 3 that whatever the uh, consequences from that trilogy just don't matter anymore. That's always a, a, a mm. solution to that. Um, I don't know. They definitely got to pull out the big guns with Mass Effect 4 in terms of their their writing. And, uh, and I think there's just like a lot to... That game's going to have really high expectations just because of the name. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's also not an Andromeda sequel, I think people are going to also be more excited just because not a lot of people like that. Chelsea excluded. I know Chelsea loved it. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know if I quite loved it, but yes. Um, we can definitely uncover that in a whole separate episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's. I kind of want to. I want to kind of want to go off the path here. If they were to kind of just throw a wrench into the whole Mass Effect machine and take it in a different direction, what kind of game do you think would be best for them to do? You know, let's say they didn't do a, a third-person uh, action RPG. Uh, what what kind of Mass Effect game would you want? Well, that's like the best part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that it would be cool to have a uh, real-time strategy Mass Effect game. Like of Age of Empires that. or Company Heroes or something like that. Like, Because there's so many different uh, species, so many different worlds, so much to play with that it would be really cool to just have like a real-time strategy game with that. I love RTS games, and throwing one in the Mass Effect universe would be awesome. I've always thought about that. I think about that with uh, Gears of War as well. I finally got it when they did Halo Wars. Like I, lo- <laughs> like I love those kind of games. So I think it'd be really cool to have an RTS within Mass Effect. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
or first person shooter. You all are the uh, the professionals on here, so whatever you say sounds good to me. <laughs> the other bit of Mass Effect uh, news was that Amazon is going to make a television series. Uh. What is your what is your excitement level? I have no excitement. Wade, are you chomping at the bit for a Mass Effect TV show? Um, if anything comes to Amazon, I don't care because I don't have Amazon. <laughs> so that's and also I, fair response. And <laughs> I um I already used my trial to watch the uh, final uh, Evangelion movie, so I'm pretty set. <laughs> so Amazon, please send Wade another trial. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't so, have to. <laughs> so when Mass Effect comes out, he can. Um. So they're 100% going to just recreate the games, right? For the Mass Effect show. Please, no. <laughs> Please don't. There's there's Mass Effect. It, the world is so, they're so large. It's just more than creating the games. We could see something completely different about all the side characters, about, you know, any other race. It doesn't have to be Commander Shepard. Because... It's like the whole purpose of those games was we created our own shepherd. We chose the path that they took, their background, their relationships. We don't need Amazon to also pick for us yeah. what their version is. Jeff Bezos I don't is going to need... pick his own shepherd, yeah. and it's going to be Chris Pratt. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> I don't need that white male shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, who would be your fan casting for a female shepherd? Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You got one. I'll just say Emily Blunt. She's the first one that pops in my head. <laughs> all right, all right. She did that, uh, what was it, Edge of Tomorrow? Edge what of Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> That's the vibe I was getting. <laughs> yep. I can see that. That'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, have, I fully expect Amazon to just do the games... Um, a bastardized version of them for sure um, i don't think amazon uh i don't have any faith in them to really make anything any sort of high production show high concept show with any sort of craftsmanship so i am just going to after this episode erase this from my memory banks and never think about it again amazon please prove us wrong yeah, that'd be nice. That's a nice sentiment. But <laughs> fuck it, I don't. Well, I, one can hope. Oh yeah, I just yeah, and I just don't really want to. I don't. I don't. I don't need to see a live action uh, Mass Effect of if there's if it's just Shepard's story. Um, those games were were, were good enough. Um, just like I don't need a live action Uncharted. Um, no. I don't really need a lot of video games to be turned into films. Um, so we can just stop with all of it. Be awesome. They've all been pretty rough. Yeah. I did enjoy the Mortal Kombat one, but since Mortal Kombat Mm -hmm. is just kind of pulpy nonsense fun, and the movie was definitely just that, it was at least enjoyable in that regard. It didn't take itself too seriously. It was just like, hey, let's take all these wacky characters and have them fight each other in stupid ways for two hours. (laughs) And that was perfect, you know? 
but a lot of these games that are very much uh, story driven, like they're already good on their own. I don't need a live action, watered down version of that story. You know, those games are like you could spend like a hundred, two hundred hours playing them. I don't need uh, ten episodes, ten hours trying to like retell Dumb down that. version. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just it's not necessary. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was kind of the last piece. That was that was from in seven day or whatever. So that was back in November. Um, the only other thing that I saw, entertainment wise, was that uh, that Patty Jenkins Rogue, Rogue Squadron film was delayed. Is basically taken off, um, one or uh, taken off the basically calendar for uh, for Disney. And uh, it's rumored that Patty Jenkins is now working on Wonder Woman 3. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, whatever. <laughs> that last Wonder Woman movie was pretty trash, so I don't necessarily think we need another one, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, do you guys have anything else, anything that's popped up uh, recently? I know we could dive right into crazy stuff like the metaverse and Fortnite and nonsense like that, but honestly, uh, listeners, I don't fucking know enough about any of that. <laughs> um, I'm a fucking 32-year-old dad. I don't have time for the metaverse. so I teach children, and I still don't know what it is. So <laughs> Yeah, so I, I just don't have... There's not enough uh, storage in the old in the old brain bank anymore to, to keep stuff like that in there, so... You guys, if you're a Fortnite player, Fortnite, whatever, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys are living in whatever new world that they've created for you. <laughs> so, but I don't get it. <laughs> so yeah, anything that you, anything you guys got, anything you guys got to add? I don't think so. All right. Well, that's gonna, that's, that's gonna do it for this little. Uh, uh, news, little, little news checkup here, a little hot off the presses of months old news. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, this isn't going to be a regular thing. This is probably something that we'll do. I don't know, quarter every four to six months. You know, kind of just uh, gather and, and kind of just hit some of the high points. Um, so, so yeah, don't if if you. You know, if you want us to, if you want to hear our thoughts on like some of the recent news stuff, you know, you can always follow us on our social platforms where we usually kind of keep up with the happenings. Um, but don't expect it in the mainline podcast all the time. This is definitely just kind of a a fleeting thing. So, but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's gonna do it for this uh, bonus episode. Hope you guys liked it. Um, like I said, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Um, you know, we'll be back next week with a regular regular show. Uh, we'll probably be, we're gonna be talking about the game awards because mm-hmm. um, that happens I think this Thursday, as of this recording. This mm-hmm. so, but yeah, so stay tuned for that. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments or anything or want to ask us anything, you can email us at demasteredpodcast at gmail.com. Like I said earlier, you can follow us on our social platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 
Pod Demastered. And yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode, and we will talk again real soon. See ya. Bye.